0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair This is the Gospel of the Lord.
1: In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The brother-in-law of my former neighbor once described him as a hermit. He was complaining about how he could never get a hold of this guy. But before hermit meant something like reclusive codger, it referred to a monk living in greater solitude, somewhat detached from his community. Or in the Russian tradition, a hermit, a pustynyage, lived in a pustyn, a hermitage, which was a personal pustinya, a wilderness or desert. But contrary to our use of the term nowadays, these hermits aren't people you can't get a hold of. In fact, they are people who live apart precisely in order to receive others. Their solitude is what enables a greater solidarity. Like the hermit in his desert, The baptism of Jesus in the wilderness is marked by solitude and solidarity. And this event does at least three things. It indicates a difference between solitude and loneliness. It anoints Jesus for his messianic mission. And it opens a path to solidarity. Even when it's constant, loneliness is scattered. It flits around between things and places, often in the company of others, trying to escape itself. Loneliness is a curse, and of course, it's very common. Solitude is integrated. It bespeaks a stillness of disposition. It is a gift. It can be rare. The folks from Judea and Jerusalem who came to John, they entered a lonely landscape that wasn't too far from home. They came there together, and they came in droves. And they don't stay in the wilderness. They go home. But Jesus' journey to the Jordan is different. His solo trek from Nazareth in Galilee was about 85 miles. And he doesn't immediately return home. The next 40 days he spends in the wilderness. So at his baptism, Jesus is in the same place as the crowds, undergoing the same thing, but in a different way. He stands in solitude with God. Like everyone else, Jesus is baptized by John. But according to Mark's account, some unique things happen, specifically to him. And for him. The rending of the heavens, the descent of the Spirit as a dove, these are things that Jesus sees, that he perceives. And the voice, well, in Bible speak, voice, the word for that can also mean sound or noise. Perhaps others heard something, but the intelligible is again directed at Jesus. You are. It's telling him something about himself. You are my beloved son. Those words evoke Isaac, the nearly sacrificed beloved son of Abraham. And they also, in speaking to Jesus as son, address him as Israel, like a people, an integrated, unified whole, which was also a way of speaking of Israel's king. But Israel had long since been scattered to the four winds, and even the rump kingdom of the former Judah, even there, people disagreed about what it meant to be God's people. And there was no uniform expectation there about what God's salvation or what his Messiah would look like. So John is addressing scattered disjointedness by preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Because sin, most basically, is separation from God, from others, and also from ourselves. It leaves us lonely. And loneliness is something quite different than solitude. Now, the Jews of Jesus' day pictured Abraham's beloved son Isaac at the time of that incident as a grown man who urged his father To obey the Lord's command when Abraham hesitated to sacrifice him. So, when God addresses Jesus as my beloved son, he's talking to him, yes, as the whole people of Israel rolled into one, and as one who is obedient and willing to sacrifice himself. You see, there was a problem with people. And there was a problem with Jesus' people that left them scattered and in a state of loneliness. And hearts and minds had to change. Now Jesus himself did not contribute to or cause that state of affairs, but he nodded to John's message. And by stepping into those waters, he owned its implications. In his obedience, Jesus is solitarily confirmed as the beloved Son of God. But something even more happens. With you, I am well pleased, the voice says to him. God also speaks to Jesus as the prophet Isaiah had spoken of a servant who would suffer And be well-pleasing to God in the bearing of his people's sins. So who was Messiah to be? How was the God of Israel going to save? That the saving Messiah was to be God's royal but willingly self-sacrificial son. Who bore people's sin in the unexpected form of a forsaken, beat-up servant. Well... Those bits of evidence had lain all scattered about with all kinds of other data points from Scripture. But Jesus of Nazareth was the first one to integrate all of them. Or more specifically, God brought them together for Jesus, in Jesus. When he obediently stepped into the Jordan, God not only affirmed him as the beloved royal son, he anointed him with his own spirit to carry out the messianic mission of a servant who would bear the people's sins. Now that is quite something, it's the center of our faith. And if it had happened to you, It might take you about 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness to get your head and your heart around all of that. That is what happened to Jesus. And Jesus does not leave, then, the messianic solitude of his baptism behind, no. He operates in that and out from that. The lectionary this year mainly follows Mark. And in Mark, nobody gets Jesus, except the demons and the centurion who watches him die. He's the Son of God and Messiah incognito. But Jesus knows who he is, and he knows what his mission is, because God has made that clear to him in his baptism. And standing as Jesus does, always before God in solitude, He moves into ever deeper solidarity with us, with human beings. Brothers and sisters, the solution to our loneliness, which is so common, is not to try to fill it with one more person. It is not to try to take in or accomplish yet one more thing. It is to repent of what separates you from God and from others, and also what separates you from yourself as you are meant to be. You are to exchange your loneliness for solitude. And the ability to stand before God in integrated fashion has been given to you in your baptism. You see, because the beloved Son of God stood in solidarity with your sin, God sees you and will address you as he addressed Jesus, as a beloved child. And that experience belongs to the obedient discipline of Christian prayer. You are meant, you are invited, to stand before God and hear that he loves you and to do what you are called to do. Baptism and prayer, these build the hermitage of the Christian heart, such that standing in an integrated solitude before God, we Christians, we little Christs incognito in the world, can embrace an ever greater solidarity with one another and with our fellow human beings. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.